there's this inertia that keeps us from thinking differently and, and doing things differently and um, looking at ourselves and using our strengths. It's just life. And many things about life keep us from doing that. So we have to break through that inertia of no in order to think differently, in order to come up with new solutions, new ideas, new innovations, and to grow. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today we are going to be getting creative. Specifically, we're going to be talking about why it's crucial to our well-being and that of our differently wired children that we identify and exercise our own creative strengths. To talk about this, I'm bringing back to the podcast, Katherine Hayden. She is a creativity and innovation strategist, and she has written and spoken widely on creative learning and the secret strengths of outlier thinkers. She's also the founder of Sparkativity, which is one of the things we talked about when I had her on the show back in year one. We had this really fantastic conversation about the connection between creativity and neurodiversity. So actually, if you want to listen to that one, it's a really good one. You can find it at tiltparenting.com slash session 47. And I will leave a link to that on the show notes page. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about her brand new book. It's called The Non-Obvious Guide to Being More Creative. And we're really going to look at how we can activate and consistently tap into our own creativity and why that is so critical to our success as parents and caregivers. Catherine is also going to share some specific tips on exactly how we can do this. This is one of those just really insightful, fascinating conversations. It's a different way to think about our role as parents and caregivers. So I hope you get a lot out of it. And now here is my conversation with Katherine Hayden about creatively parenting our differently wired kids. Hey, Katherine, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Debbie. It's great to talk to you. It's great to have you back. This is, I don't know what number this is going to be, but it's going to be up probably in the high 170s, low 180s. And we talked probably in my first year of having the Tilt Parenting podcast. And it was such a great conversation. And I'm excited to just catch up and hear what you've been up to, but then have this new conversation that's really aimed at parents instead of our kids. So can you take just a few minutes to introduce yourself, who you are in the world and what you do? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Catherine Hayden, as you've introduced me. And I am a creativity and innovation strategist, an author, and a speaker. And my interest has always been with regard to learning and business. And I really say now that I work at the intersection of learning and and work. And whether it's work as a parent, whether it's work at a job or in our entrepreneurial work, projects that we have, I study and work with people to harness their best thinking and their creative thinking, which is their best thinking, in order to do their work more powerfully and productively. So I've worked with students in the past for many years, and this has led me to the whole trajectory of life and moving from working with kids to training teachers and to working with businesses, 
business people, professionals in all capacities. And that's where my focus is right now. And so you also have a new book that has just come out. Could you just take a minute to tell us about that? Yes, it's called The Non-Obvious Guide to Being More Creative, No Matter Where You Work. And this book, it's, it's fun to be a part of this project. It's a book that is part of a business series of individual books on topics like employee engagement and small business marketing and emotional intelligence. And mine is on creativity. And my book is the fifth in the series, and it's, it's just about to come out. And it is supposed to be like having coffee with an expert. That's the, that's the tagline of the book. And the idea is to have a quick, fun manual and guide on the particular topic. So I have looked into my past and everything that I've done in terms of training people to enhance their, their thinking, their creativity, and all of my best tips and best work is in this book, sort of like a guidebook that you can take and open anywhere and grab an idea and apply it right then. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the book. And I just thought it's so interesting. You know, we've been emailing back and forth about doing this episode together. And in the past, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago, I did a webinar for Sang on how to bring more creativity into your parenting, how creativity can support you as the parent of a gifted or two-way or differently wired child. And so when when you shared your new book with me, and I was like, this is such a great topic, and it's not an obvious topic. And so it's probably going to be a different conversation than many of the podcast episodes. But I think it's about self care, it's about taking care of ourselves so we can better show up to support our incredibly creative kids. So let's just start with the concept of creativity. I would love to even know how you define it. So in in the field of creativity, which is my background, there are many ways of looking at creativity. And in this book, I'm looking at it as um, the following, and I, I coined this this definition that's based on the academic definitions of creativity, but adds a few layers to it. So I, I define it as breaking through the inertia of no by seeking new possibilities and finding valuable solutions. So from this sense, creativity is a process. It's a thinking process, but The breaking through the inertia of no peace means that we have to overcome some resistance to actually doing it. There's this inertia that keeps us from thinking differently and and doing things differently and um, looking at ourselves and using our strengths. It's just life. And many things about life keep us from doing that. So we have to break through that inertia of no in order to think differently, in order to come up with new solutions, new ideas, new innovations, and to grow. So, you know, just to tie it back to parents raising atypical kids, even as you're giving that definition, I can think of even many tilts in my book of how that are directly weaved into creativity, you know, just tilt one, which is to question everything you thought you knew about parenting requires some creativity. So talk more about the connection between creativity and parenting. And and I'd love to know your thoughts on what the state of creativity is even for today's parents? Like, is it something that most parents are doing a good job of incorporating into their lives? 
so you do know, because we've talked about this in the past, that when I read Differently Wired for the first time, I absolutely saw those connections between um, what you were putting forth and creativity. And I think that's why I love the book so much. And just from the fact of the way that you define differently wired and saying, if you think your child is differently wired, then you're in. That's great. You are. (laughs) And I love that because it's the same with creativity. Everybody is creative. Everybody has the capacity to think differently. And we develop these thinking skills that, and we develop character traits as well that support our ability to think differently. And a lot of those tilts were helping parents do that very thing in connection with their parenting. So differently wired is right on with the connection (laughs) between creativity and parenting. But in terms of creativity and parenting, creativity is understanding the deepest part of ourselves. Creativity is understanding how we think It's understanding, as I mentioned, these characteristics that support our ability to think differently, like openness and empathy and perceptivity and originality. Many, many words I could go on. But these character traits and these thinking strengths are who we are as human beings. And in order to parent fully, we need to recognize as parents who we are and define ourselves from the standpoint of our strengths and define ourselves from the standpoint of this universal ability that we all have as humans. And if we start with ourselves, we are able to model for our our kids best practices, just in general, best practices of life. We are more engaged, we are more satisfied. And when we have challenges raising our differently wired kids, we're primed to think differently and come up with new solutions, use humor, and put in all the tools that we have um, by nature of our creativity to help things move forward and not get stuck and not blow up. Well, I love that explanation and, you know, just that idea that everybody is creative. I think you know, you hear the word creativity and you think, oh, I'm not a very good artist or, you know, I I don't play an instrument. Like we have this idea of what it is. But when you say that everyone is creative, that it's, it's who we are, like we're meant to be creative beings. First of all, that feels great. And I hope that it's resonating with listeners as well. And it also feels like it's not the way most of us, at least not in the US, are living our lives as parents. It's not kind of our our status quo or our default mode is to show up as creative parents. So I'm wondering, do you agree with that? And if so, or if not, I'd like to know why or why not. But what do you think gets in the way of people being more creative in their daily lives? Well, I think the biggest thing, as you alluded to, is not understanding what creativity really is because creativity isn't limited to art. And we have that myth in mind. It seems at all times that, Oh, you're only creative if you're doing art or music or, or something that's quote unquote in the creative uh, sphere. But the fact is we all apply creativity. We use creativity in our daily lives. An example I love to use for parents is um, cooking Uh, When you think about what you have left in your pantry and you don't have much and you have to think about 
what you're going to cook for dinner with your gluten-free kid and then your kid who doesn't like vegetables and and then maybe your other kid who who will only eat bread. So, you know, what are you going to create with those ingredients? That takes creative thinking. And we can look at micro examples like that throughout our lives, just, you know, in the ways we respond to our kids, the way we respond to our spouses in our households, um, how we go about our lives, our outlook. And in the book, it's structured with basically four learnings, four major overarching learnings. So the first is understanding creativity. So I start with that foundation. So people really understand that they are creative. It's a universal process. And now more than ever, we need it to be agile in the face of change. So that's number one, having an awareness of what creativity really is. Number two is understanding your own creative strengths. And I have a survey in the book that people can take to see what their thinking strengths are. Once you know what your thinking strengths are and your creative strengths are, it's much easier to see them in others. And you're coming from a place of fullness rather than a place of thinking, well, I'm not creative. And then it's harder to see um, how other people do it. So number one, understanding creativity. Number two, understanding your own strengths. And gaining a mindset, a strengths-based mindset that understands what creativity is and that sets you up for the third step, which is interactions. Our interactions determine so much how people will respond to us. If we are fostering interactions that are in line with best practices from the science of creativity, we are almost guaranteed to elicit new thinking and growth in the people we're interacting with. So there's understanding creativity, mindset, and understanding our strengths, interactions, and finally creative process. So that is going bigger. Um, Many people have heard of design thinking or creative problem solving. There are actually processes that mirror the universal problem solving process that we can learn and we can use to deliberately tackle problems that arise in a creative way. And these are all things that we can teach our kids. In fact, um, kids can read this book too and understand the tools, but it really starts with us and making our own understanding clear and bringing very naturally little things into our interactions that make a big difference. There's so much more to maintaining a healthy gut microbiome than eating a balanced and healthy diet, travel, certain medications, and of course, something many of us have plenty of in our daily life, stress, are just some of the other factors that can totally throw off our systems. Enter Ritual. They created Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Their supplement includes two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains to support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gas, and diarrhea. I like Symbiotic Plus because it delivers all this goodness in one single nested minty delayed released capsule designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract. And because the capsules don't require refrigeration, I just keep them on my desk so that I get that helpful visual cue every morning. Plus, they're easy to bring with me when I travel. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. 
Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary of Gotcha Day when we adopted our sweet Haskell, my cat who acts like a dog, plays fetch, and who I'm pretty sure has sensory processing differences. Are you getting a new pet soon? That means you'll need to think about getting the necessities like food, toys, a bed. Something you may not be thinking about, though, is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. So interesting. And, and even just to go back to where you started, that answer is just this notion that we are all creative not only is that who we are, but we're doing it every day. I love the example of the cooking, you know, we're constantly creative in how we get our kids out the door or, you know, it, it's just a, a way that we are moving through life, whether we've called it that or not. So I like that idea of just understanding what it is and then noticing how we're showing up that way. So I want to talk about how bringing more creativity into our lives can specifically help parents who are raising differently wired kids. So you talked about a couple of things. You mentioned modeling. Let's. Can you give us an example of that? I think modeling is so important. And I, I talk about that a lot as well, that our kids are watching everything we're doing. But can you connect that with creativity and how that benefits our kids? Yes, and specifically differently wired kids. So we are put in a position that we have to advocate for our kids. And we might be the only ones advocating for our kids, right? If we have kids that are outliers that don't fit into the regular systems. And we take our jobs very seriously. We are passionate about this. We want them to be safe. We want them to thrive. We want them to have amazing, wonderful, growing lives. And so we give our all to this work as we should. However, sometimes as parents, we forget to take that time for ourselves. And we forget that in order to do this job of advocacy and raising intense children very well, we need to understand what makes ourselves tick. We need to take the time that we need in order to replenish ourselves or else we will be depleted. And we cannot do our jobs of raising our kids plus work plus everything else we do if we are depleted from a creativity standpoint. So I think especially for when we're raising differently wired kids, kids who are um, intense, who have specific needs that we take care of, we are constantly on the run and we have to figure out even within 
the constraints of very, very, very busy and demanding lives, how we can put our foot down in the most loving way for the time that we need to replenish. And that has a lot to do with creativity, not only by understanding our own creativity, it helps center us, but it also leads to learning processes and ways of asking questions and ways of coming up with ideas that can lead to solutions that we may not have thought of to get out of that busyness and to take time for ourselves. So that was a very circular, (laughs) um, but on purpose, because creativity Mm -hmm. is very circular. I like to think of it more as an infinity symbol. But, you know, as we put the work in to understand our creativity, it just leads to more options. It helps us become unstuck. So any frustration that we have, we can apply creative thinking, creative process, Uh, and tools from the science of creativity to help us get unstuck. Yeah, I love that. And it it was circular in that it shows how everything is so related. So you talked about essentially like self care, taking care of ourselves, which helps us avoid being burned out. Um, It's good modeling for our kids to see us doing that. And it also puts us in a space where we're better able to approach the problems that come with raising our unique kids. So it is, when you talk about it that way, it really shows just how critical that one aspect of our lives is and why it we don't want to ignore it. <laughs> Instead, we want to actually find ways to nurture it. Absolutely. And I think when I, I, I'm involved in the homeschooling community and when somebody new comes to homeschooling, I always talk to, and it's usually moms that I'm talking to, but um, just I'm asking questions. What In what ways are you going to make sure you care for yourself and take time for yourself? Um, this is a big change. It's a big shift. You don't have that time where you're home alone very much. And it's imperative that you find ways to mark off your own time or to become involved in things that replenish you and rejuvenate you. And that has a lot to do with creativity because through creativity and understanding ourselves more, we can be led to those activities or um, it doesn't even need to be an organization. Maybe it's just taking a walk every day, but just absolutely being sure that you do get that time to take that walk. And I've seen moms and it's very sad when they don't take that time and just say, no, I'm, I'm just too busy. I can't do it. Well, we are all very, very busy, but we all can set limits for ourselves. And when our kids see us doing that, it helps them grow and it helps them learn to set limits for themselves down the road. But when we don't do that and when we just say, oh, no, I don't have time and we become further and further stressed out, they take that as the model. And then we're setting them up to become depleted in their lives. So I think that Again, it's a win-win-win. Sometimes it's hard to take the first step and say, I'm going to dedicate this time to myself. But when we do it, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, as you were sharing that answer, I was thinking about Julie Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, you know, which is, I'm sure many listeners are familiar with it. It's been around forever, but it's a 12-week program to nurture creativity. And she talks about doing artist dates and that you're once a week, you're supposed to spend time by yourself. And I did this probably 20 years ago. And my favorite artist date was 
just walking through a new neighborhood and looking and, you know, just kind of observing the stoops or a stained glass window here or looking in a storefront there and just exposing yourself to different stimuli really can spark creativity in you. So I like that example so much because it's a reminder of how simple this can be. Yes, exactly. And some of the suggestions that I give in the book, for example, are how you ask questions. So here's a really, really easy and simple one. And this, believe it or not, leads to more creativity and better solutions. So simply replacing no with why. So anytime your kid or anyone has a request for you, instead of saying no, even if it doesn't seem right to you, say why? Of course, not if it's a dangerous situation. But I even put an example, I think this might have gotten cut from the final version of the book, but I I put an example of a child saying, um, I was trying to think, there are still times when we say no. Sure there are. But then I was trying to find a good example and I, I thought of one and it was, mom, can I run across the highway? Obviously, no, right? But what if you replace why? So I tried it. Mom, what if I, can I run across the highway? Why? Because my ball went across the highway. Oh, okay. You may not run across the highway, but we can go drive around to the other side and we'll retrieve your ball for you, right? So the mere little teeny little shift of replacing no with why uncovers the real problem that needs to be solved before we shut down the conversation. And that leads to creativity. These are very, very simple things that we can do. And I will mention just for other people who have a different perspective on the artist's way, I had that book a long time ago and I tried to do it. I couldn't get into it. I know a lot of people love it and I love the idea of it, but I didn't see myself as an artist. I'm not an artistic person, you know, in that way. And it was about art in a way and about kind of finding that art piece of you, which did not resonate with me. So for those people who haven't felt that they found a tool to help them, but they still have a feeling like, yeah, I want to grow my creativity. A book like the non-obvious guide to being more creative is not focused on art. It's more about applying it to your day-to-day life, applying it to your job, which we can say parenting in this case, but it is about direct application to things that you're working on now, to problems that you're solving, and little things like what I just said, replacing no with why, other ways in which we ask questions, how to give good feedback. So there are tools and tips we can use in that way. So I wanted to draw a distinction because I love the idea of the other book. It didn't resonate with me, and this could provide an answer for those like me who haven't felt that they could get into the typical book on creativity. So say more than about, you know, you've given a couple examples about what this can look like. I, I like the the ball across the highway example, whether from your own experience or from parents that you've talked to or how you've seen this play out. What are some other examples about what being a creative parent looks like or how infusing creativity into a situation that a parent of a differently wired kid might find themselves in could benefit them? So creativity in general, as, as I mentioned at the beginning, is seeking new possibilities and finding valuable solutions. So it's finding new 
opportunities, new possibilities. So if we dwell in a realm of creative thinking and in a mindset for creative thinking, we are able to find possibilities that we may never have, have thought of before. So when we're raising a differently wired kid, I mean, think about schooling, all of the, the situations we find ourselves in, they are not black and white. And when things are not black and white and we need new thinking, we can apply strategies um, from the science of creativity. So, for example, if we're trying to think about a schooling situation for our child, we can apply the creative process. And in the book, I do have a workbook that that's a download that you can get. And it takes you through the creative process. So you can use a series of tools to understand what your vision is, what would be the ideal state um, of my child's education, for example. Um, and you're looking at your vision, you're looking at what challenges stand in the way right now. Then you're creating questions that are styled in a particular way that invite new thinking. And you're able to go through this process to generate new thinking to respond to the question. So new ideas that maybe you hadn't thought of before in terms of what might solutions be for a particular class or um, going to school, not going to school. Maybe there's a whole new hybrid solution that you hadn't thought of, but going through this process can scaffold it for you to be able to draw it out and um, get as many ideas as you can. There are tools for bringing ideas from good, from a seed of an idea to a really excellent solution, and then tools to help overcome challenges of implementation. So who are the people that are going to help us implement this solution and who might resist and who might be blockers? And we can, again, use these tools to overcome those blocks and move forward. So that's what I love about the science of creativity and creative process. When we're stuck up against something and we just feel like, oh, I don't know what to do from here. We can take out a roadmap, which is called the creative process, and just kind of dive into it. Even if we don't know where we're going, we just go the first step and start thinking and follow the basically the recipe and move forward from step to step. And at one point, I found something clicks and we're really into it. We, we find that passion for solving the problem. But even if we don't have it when we're trying to start, we can take the steps and move forward. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. 
The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. All right. So for listeners who are vibing on this conversation and, you know, want to infuse their current parenting world with a little more creativity, do you have any strategies or maybe quick tips that they can start to play with? Yes, there are some really fun things in this book. I have to tell you that the way that the publisher designed it was very fun. It was almost as if the design was a collaborator for my writing because it's fun. There are little, you know, tip boxes and story boxes and, you know, drawings and and things like that. And so I had a lot of fun and it really brought out some of the best tips that I've given even to, to kids. So for example, one of the things that, that inhibits creativity is perfectionism, fear of making a mistake. And there's a book that I recommend in my book, which is called Mistakes That Worked. And it's a book of little vignettes, little stories about inventions that happened because they were mistakes. And I have found that book to be amazing at overcoming perfectionism or fear of trying, fear of thinking up new ideas for kids and for parents alike. It helped me, to be honest, when I read it. So there are little tips like that. Um, Something else that inhibits creativity is imposter syndrome. We always compare ourselves to the, the most creative person we can think of or the most productively creative person that we can think of, like Monet or Steve Jobs. And we say, oh, I'm not creative. It can't be me. And this is something that that is termed imposter syndrome. So we feel when we're coming up with new ideas or trying to quote unquote, be creative, that we're an imposter. No, we don't know enough. We're not good enough. We're not creative enough. I have something fun in there called the gallery of quotes from famous fakes, I think I called it. And what we find is that the most famous, creatively productive people felt the same way. They felt like imposters. So just knowing that people like Maya Angelou and John Steinbeck and Lady Gaga all have these feelings of being an imposter and being not good enough to be creative 
helps us again, get over ourselves and move forward and say, okay, fine. If, if they, they were like that too. So these thoughts that are trying to inhibit me, I too can overcome them. So we have little things like that. Part of creative thinking, as I talk about quite a bit, are creative thinking strengths. And there are 16 cognitive processes that we use that are part of mostly divergent thinking. So that that type of thinking that helps us come up with new ideas. And one of those is flexibility in thinking, being able to make connections among many different disparate ideas. And one of the stories I tell is of this woman, Lauren Singer, who has a website called Trashes for Tossers. And she has figured out how to reduce her trash into one mason jar, one single mason jar every year. What? And yes, that's how much <laughs> trash she has. And she's a single, um, at least when she started this, she was a single woman just out of college. She didn't have a family, but she was modeling her her desire to do this after a family, I think out in Marin County or somewhere in California that was doing this as well. So a whole family had done this and made their trash in one mason jar. So she has this whole website about reducing your trash. And I have long admired her and thought to reduce your trash in our world takes the most flexible thinking that I can think of. So one of the tips is reduce your trash. Think about what are all the ways I could reduce my trash? I could use something differently. And that is actually using your flexibility of thinking and your divergent thinking in order to come up with new ideas. So there are so many interesting ways that we can improve our creativity and start to train ourselves to live in a creative thinking mindset. And these are just a few of them, but, but they're fun, right? Yeah. And they also are all things that, you know, you can do with your kids, which is what I love. So you're creating more of a creative culture in your family. You're helping your kids learn about flexibility, which let's face it, a lot of these kids are pretty inflexible in their, in their thinking. So, and dealing with perfectionism and, and all of these things, the failure. Uh, so, so I love that this is something that can really be a family activity as well. And it sounds like part of this too, you know, even just to get started is just owning, you know, saying to yourself, I'm a creative being like, I'm, that's who I am. And just kind of owning that. Absolutely. That is the key first step. And so many people don't feel that way, or they don't see it clearly. They might intuitively get that, but they don't know because there's so many myths surrounding creativity, as we talked about. And so many misconceptions that we don't realize. Well, actually, this brings us into another point, which is oftentimes atrophied creative strengths come out as behaviors that we don't like, <laughs> annoying behaviors. So we actually can pinpoint someone's creative strengths by looking at the behaviors that annoy us. So if um, your dad or your husband tells really annoying puns all the time, in fact, they might be crying out. They really want their humor to be used and acknowledged. And humor is a creative strength. Hmm. And if your kid does that, the question then becomes, how might I provide legitimate ways for this person's creative strengths to be used? And from a business standpoint, I've said things like, well, you know, if you're designing a product, 
what are all the ways that this product might have an element of humor for the customer experience? So that's an idea for that. But if you have a kid who has a particular creative strength, and there are many of them that are detailed in the book, how might you figure out ways in the course of a day that make that humor legitimate rather than it becoming an annoyance? Um, how might you say, hey, you know, you are just so funny. You have such a great strength for humor. And that's so important to creativity. And will you help me come up? I have to write something funny to this friend. Um, will you help me come up with something? And they may or may not do it. But as you start thinking that way, more and more avenues come out that allow you to find ways to incorporate these strengths in the daily life of your house. Mm, so cool. I love that. So well, before we say goodbye, do you have any parting thoughts? You've shared so, so much with us today, but any last piece of wisdom or thought that you want to leave us with? Yes, actually, this is perfect for for this podcast and for differently wired kids and parents in general. So one of the things I say in the book, it's it's a tip and the tip is walk around the edge of the party. And the reason I said that is because people who are on the edge who are not in the crowd have a very different perspective to offer and their experiences are different. And we can learn so much from those experiences. I've talked to a lot of differently wired kids and adults over the years. And one guy, I I remember hearing a speech that he was giving and he said, it was because I was different in school. And I think he was dyslexic. He said, you know, I was never in the mainstream and, you know, I was always kind of in the back of the class or, or, or whatever, making jokes, but because he was different, he honed this skill and he honed this independence of thought, this originality. And I think that if we think of differently wired from that context to say, wow, our kids, because of who they are, they're having different experiences and those are really valuable. Those are valuable for solving problems in the world. Those are valuable insights to understand how other people feel and how they they see things. And we can get a lot of new thinking from people who have different experiences. So I think that's something to talk to our kids about and to show them how valuable it is. This success in this world of change comes down to harnessing your differences and harnessing the unique value that you can bring to the table. And our kids are having these experiences and have these perspectives. So I think that's something to keep in mind that so often the world is trying to get differently wired kids and differently wired people to be the same as everyone, to be in the mainstream. But what if we just said, no, this is actually, this is an asset. Let's value this. And that has a lot to do with creativity. Love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that perspective and for sharing with us today. Definitely lots of food for thought as always. I always get sparked when I talk with you. Um, So can you just take a minute to tell listeners where they can learn more about you and connect with you? Yes, they can connect on my website, which is sparkativity.com. And it's three I's, S-P-A-R-K-I-T-I-V-I-T-Y. And I do have a secret parent page on my website, which we can put in the show notes. And I do have 
a great treasure trove of blog articles. If you go to my blog on my website and you click outlier thinkers, I think that's a category on the top right. Uh, There are articles about uh, essentially uh, differently wired thinkers. There are lots of articles for educators and parents on there. And everyone's welcome to sign up for my email list. And if you do that, do it on the top of the homepage where it talks about innovator strengths, because you will get instantly connected to my resources page where I have some tools on understanding creative strengths, um, on checking your climate. You can do kind of a back of the napkin climate check to see how your climate, even in your family, is in terms of supporting creativity. You can find different areas to work on or different areas of strength. So there are a lot of resources on there, and you can get them by signing up for our every other week spark report on the homepage. Awesome. And listeners, as always, um, just go to the show notes page for this episode and I will have a summary of this conversation, some of the key takeaways, and then all of the resources we talked about, including how to connect with Catherine. I will also have a link to that first podcast episode, which I'm realizing was in the very first year of Tilt Parenting. And we talked about the powerful connection between creativity and neurodiversity. It was another great conversation. So definitely check that out as well. So Catherine, thank you so much. Always a pleasure and a joy to connect with you. And again, I just appreciate you sharing this with us and congratulations on the book. Thank you, Debbie. I'm so grateful to be here. It's always such a treat to talk with you. And I'm also leaving inspired. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, where you can download the transcript, as well as find links for Catherine's new book, The Non-Obvious Guide to Being Creative, and all the other resources we discussed, visit tiltparenting.com slash session 175. If you want to be part of Tilt Parenting and get my short weekly emails where I share resources, news articles, and personal messages for me, you can sign up on TiltParenting.com. If you get a lot out of this podcast and you'd like to help support its production, you can do so for as little as the price of a cup of coffee once a month. It's easy, it's pain-free, and I would be grateful for the support. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash tilt parenting. Lastly, this is my weekly reminder to leave a rating or a review or both on iTunes if you haven't done so already. That really helps keep this podcast visible. Thank you so much for considering. And that's all for this week. For more information on tilt parenting, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone. 
that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.